when we go through our whole lives of pushing things under the rug or behind the curtain, the rug <laughs> starts to rise where one day you're going to trip on it because it's no longer flat. There's too much shit under it. And so that's what causes self-sabotage and getting us further away from what we want. It's what causes people to not be able to chase after the things that they genuinely desire in life. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Mm, I think lots of people want to be in a relationship and hopefully at some point want to take the relationship to the next level, whether that be marriage or some other form of really deep commitment. I personally have not gone through anything that is as deep as actually getting married, which is pretty interesting because before I actually got married to Jordan, I was just like, oh, it's just a piece of paper. It's no big deal. It's just a ceremony. It's just a ritual. Like no big deal. Now that I've actually gone through the process and we're at almost our year anniversary, I'm realizing that there is so much more to that process than I originally thought. And what I was saying originally is that I think a lot of people want to be in a relationship that at times will eventually get to something like marriage. Uh, granted, I've never experienced anything quite like it. So just all my disclaimers and prefacing here is what does it actually take? That's a big question. Like what transformation is required, is necessary for a person to get from where they are to where they think or they feel they want to be. That is a conversation that I'm going to have with today's guest, Nikki. Thank you. I know you know like pretty much anything and everything when it comes to transformation. And I know that my audience is really into it. Some of them might even be in a marriage or in a long-term relationship right now. And it's almost as though they're going to go through the process. Like once they hear this conversation, it's like, how can they then transform their lives on an individual level and their relationship to eventually get to a relationship that they desire, that maybe they've even been in for a long time and are like, is this it? So I would love if you could share with everyone to kick us off how you got into literally helping people with the ins and outs of transforming who they are and what their lives looks like. Well, first off, I am just so excited to be here, Alexa. And I love talking all the things that might be controversial, such as sex, such as relationships. And when it comes to transformation, I started doing this years and years and years ago because I started working on myself. I was my own best and worst client in the sense that I had two eating disorders, body dysmorphia, like literally you name it. I had chronic and acute acne for years and years. I went to doctors and therapists. I've tried just about everything under the sun to heal all of these things. And I know so many people in the world now deal with every type of issue, whether it's anxiety or depression, especially after the pandemic. And I managed to go through this incredible, I mean, it's a never ending journey to heal myself naturally, holistically with me being my own guru. And because of this and all the work that I did on myself, I was like, well, I want to share this with other people. And it's not that I necessarily started that way. I started an Instagram in 2013 where I would post headless body photos of myself. I had two serious eating disorders and I would just be totally open and honest. The thing is people like honesty mm -hmm. and they like relatability. And so they started following me and people would share their deepest stories and ask for my advice. And I think, who am I to give advice? I don't know, but it felt good to be of service. And so through that, I kept going. And then I started actually training, getting all the certifications, doing yoga training. I did, I became a vegan chef, all of these different things in the name of one, healing myself. And two, then the more I learned, the more I was able to help other people. And so that continued to transition where through my journey, I was really, I guess I would say food and nutrition and recipes and exercise. That's where I was in the beginning. So that's more what I taught. And as my evolution has gone forward and I no longer have the eating disorders or any of this nature, what I've really come to realize is that when we have any of these sort of troubles, it's a lack of connection with ourselves and it's a lack of connection with other people. Because if you're, let's say you have an eating disorder, or let's say you're not feeling good, 
you are less likely to go out, to enjoy yourself, to have fun. So the very human connection you want, you're actually sabotaging. And so I've always been fascinated with psychology. And I actually used to study serial killers. I was like obsessed with serial killers. And I went into more of the psychology route mixed with the spirituality for this big aha moment, which was people that don't have the body they want, people that don't have the job they want, people that don't have the relationship they want. It all stems from what the relationship is with yourself. And so health and wellness, I love it. I'm obsessed with it, but it really has to do with relationships and relationships with others and with yourself. And so that's where I got so uber passionate about all of these topics and helping other people. And now I've kind of morphed and shifted my program and the results that I see with anything that I teach are, I mean, they're mind blowing because I'm teaching something different based on all of these different things I've learned. Mm. Yes. An embodied approach where you went through, go through the bullshit, learn the bullshit, receive the downloads about breaking through the bullshit Act accordingly, hand them out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I also was obsessed with serial killers so much so that I went to school for forensic science. <laughs> oh, I love it though. I yeah. love it. Yeah, me too. Have you been watching Dahmer? No, show? I haven't. I've been hearing the different yeah, reviews on it. I actually wrote one of my college like thesis papers was on serial killers of why serial killers have an extra X chromosome. It was like 18 pages. People are like, what? But what I realize now is that it's all based on the psychology of like why one person can do that and right. have a totally different upbringing and still yeah. do that and have a totally different upbringing and be totally normal. So humans are just fucking fascinating. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yes. So I did my high school big project that I eventually went and decided to go into forensic biology, which eventually I was hoping to lead me to psychology. Forensic psychology afterwards was on Dahmer. So that's why I had to ask you, you know, it's very rare that I have a chit chat with someone and they're like, yeah, I was obsessed with serial serial killers. I'm like, me too. Me too. (laughs) Anyway. We're either amazing or totally weird or both. Yeah. I just also find it fascinating, but I think about my particular subject matter. And I work with people who decide to live differently, which can be lots of different colors and love differently and sex differently. And at this point, it would take a lot to shock me, like a lot, a lot to shock me. And it's probably because I prepared by being interested in serial killers. (laughs) I know. And it's, it's so interesting too. I find like when I work with clients, I have a, my group, the ultimate transformation group program going on right now. And everyone who joins Nobody wants to share what their fears are, what they're scared of. They're terrified to say, oh, I have a problem in my relationship. I'm like, trust me, there's literally not one single thing that you can say that will shock me, that will make me judge you, that will surprise me because humans, we are so varied and different and weird and crazy and amazing. And through all of that, you come to realize, and you from this podcast and me from doing the work that I do is we actually all have such similar things that we want human love and connection and we want passionate sex and we want to feel good. We do it in different ways and we all have similar fears and they come about in different ways. And yet we feel so alone and disconnected from other people. Yeah, absolutely. So even while we're so unique, I think over the years, certainly on my side, I'm sure on your side too, it's almost predictable. Like we're so unique and different and all these things. And also- interestingly enough, predictable in Mm -hmm. how we operate in some of these things. But I'm curious whether this is in your programs or you see in your online community, what would you say are some of the categories that people are looking to transform or to break down and create a new, what are some of those areas that you see the most? Definitely for women, it's their bodies, the connection to, they want to feel better, more confident. They want to lose weight, especially after the pandemic. So many people put on weight because we're told to sit at home. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like so many people, they want that confidence in their body because they then think it will lead to the relationship and the relationship will then lead to them being happy. For men, I find that it's the connection to wanting a career that pays them a lot of money or gives them a lot of status. And I always say that these are kind of the outer rings of what humans really want. Because when you look at it and you break it down, it's like, okay, I want to lose weight. January, everyone sets a new year's resolution. I want to lose weight. Well, what does that really mean? Why is it that by February, 80% of people have failed on their new year's resolutions? It's a lot. That's a very big statistic. Well, it's because 
that's not really the goal. The goal is actually, I want to feel good and confident in my body. I want to make choices that are in alignment with me feeling good, not in alignment with self-sabotage. And so the themes really break down to people wanting a relationship or they want it to be better, whatever better means. Mm -hmm. And they want to have a better career, have more money or more status. Mm. Okay. Wow. And so what does transformation, the place where you come in and you help them to get there? What <laughs> what could that look like? What do I actually do? <sighs> well, I do something very different than most people. I help people look at their fears straight on. So it's sort of in a sense like going to therapy and spilling all the things you don't like about your partner or this or that or whatever. But instead of projecting all the shit that you hate about other people or you get triggered by other people, we're doing a deep dive into all the things in your life that you find judgment in yourself, all the things that you are fearful of, all the things that you dislike. Because when we dislike and we have judgment, well, guess what? That's going to start leading to self-sabotage. And when you have self-sabotage, you're going to get further and further away from the very goals that you are trying to achieve. And the other thing with this is in the very beginning of working with someone, I have them look so deeply into their fears. And we do this exercise called what then? So I'm like, all right, what's your fear? Well, you know, I'm going to lose my job. Okay. What happens? What then? Well, I'm not going to have money to pay my rent. Okay. What then? I'm going to get kicked out. Okay. What then? And we're able to trace what happens with people in their mind and actually see how far along they are of this sabotaging journey that we all have at different points and with different fears to say, well, one, that fear is actually bullshit, right? Fear is false evidence appearing real. And then we're able to rewrite the narrative. So everything that I do is based on spirituality, based on psychology and based on science. So we're creating new neural pathways by the very nature of doing things differently, such as looking at your fears. Because here's the thing. Most people, when they have a fear or something they don't like, they push it under the rug. They push it behind. They don't want to acknowledge that they don't like this thing in themselves. So it's easier to say, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that thing that that person said. So I'm just going to push it down there instead of having a conversation about it. But the thing is, when we go through our whole lives of pushing things under the rug or behind the curtain, the rug <laughs> starts to rise where one day you're going to trip on it because it's no longer flat. There's too much shit under it. And so that's what causes self-sabotage and getting us further away from what we want. It's what causes people to not be able to chase after the things that they genuinely desire in life. It's also this whole concept of manifesting. It's such bullshit if you ask me right now, because everyone's like, oh, you know, like law of attraction, think about the things you want and put yourself in that alignment and meditate. And it's like, yes. And you also have to figure out, are you manifesting from a place of fear or are you manifesting from a place of abundance? And the thing is, most people are manifesting from a place of fear because they've never actually dealt with the fears and all those things coming up. So I help clients in the long short of it. I help them uncover their fears, deal with them in this very structured, beautiful program. And through that, they're able to start to, it's what I call pluck the weeds, plant the seeds, water it daily. So we're plucking the weeds of fear of all the things that hold you back. We're planting the seeds of desire and then we're watering it daily, meaning that's where the manifesting comes in. That's where you know, you're doing the daily self-practices. And through that, I can help anyone literally achieve any single thing that they want. No big deal. <laughs> NBD. <laughs> yeah, NBD. So what does this look like? specifically for people who are wanting to transform in their relationships and their sex lives. What are some of the things that, like you mentioned, are getting stacked under the rug until they've got a hill that they're just sidestepping around in the home of themselves, yeah. <laughs> pretending like it's not actually there? You're like, oh, that? It's just a yeah. rug. So yeah, what are some of the things that you would see people really sweeping under the rug? And if you want to go into a little bit of your personal story with this too, and like how this maybe showed up in your life, maybe yeah. make it really real for some people. Absolutely. And I love this question. I would say the one of the biggest ones is staying in relationships that you know doesn't serve you, you know is not healthy, you know is not your person, because there's a fear that says, well, maybe this is my person, right? Maybe I'm not going to find anyone else. Mm -hmm. There's a fear that's, well, maybe I don't deserve anyone better. There's a fear that 
I won't be sufficient on my own. So I'll tie that into my own story. I dated someone on and off for six years and we were in the breakup makeup, breakup makeup all the time for six years, which was exhausting. And I found by the end of it and doing the self-work through the journey and after that I kept going back because I didn't have a belief in myself, which was you will meet the right person. But here's the thing. You have to become your own person first. You have to learn to love yourself first before you're going to find your person. And so I would go back because I'm like, well, I don't know if financially I'll ever be okay as I am with this person. And I don't know if I'll ever have the lifestyle that I want as I have with this person. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to manage my business as I do because he understands business really well. So there were all these things that like, well, yes. And I also knew that this was not my person. And I knew that this was not a healthy relationship. It is not healthy to break up and make up and break up and make up. And the very nature of me doing that kept me in a cycle of constantly guessing, constantly walking on eggshells, right? Dealing with toxic behaviors. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned through this, I used to say, oh my God, this guy's a narcissist, gaslit me and all the things. And while some of it might be true, the biggest lesson that I learned was it was a toxic relationship because I had a toxic relationship with myself. I was unwilling to look at myself in the mirror and say, you have a fear to be on your own, right? You have a fear that you don't think you're going to get anyone better than this. You have a fear that if you leave X, Y, Z, and the words that I would say to myself, were not very kind, right? They were not very kind. And so the things, if I'm not saying very kind words to me, well, I'm probably going to be projecting that onto him. And so tying it back to the listeners, anyone who is in a relationship right now that doesn't serve them, my question is why? Why are you staying? Something that I talk about with manifesting, but like truly manifesting does work if you know the right steps. With manifesting though, you have to burn all your bridges. And so if you're in a place where you don't like where you're at, it means that you're staying where you are. No one's going to meet the love of their life by staying in the relationship. You're going to meet the love of your life by closing that door, putting yourself out into the wilderness and saying, fuck, I don't know what to do. And then, wow, someone comes along. You've no idea where or how they're going to come. But in that journey, you learn to be sufficient. And I actually like that analogy of going out into the wild. You learn to be sufficient in yourself. You learn to feed yourself. You learn to take care of yourself. And that's the analogy of human life where we think that someone else is going to bring us happiness. We think that someone else is going to fulfill us. We are incomplete without other people. And it's a complete fallacy and total bullshit because you yourself need to become the love of your life. And I would say another aspect of it with within relationships and the whole transformation is we love to control other people. We love to tell other people what they're doing wrong, what they should be doing. And so those who are in relationships where they're like, no, I love my partner. I really, really do. And we could even do some coaching here. (laughs) People that go, I love my partner. I'm just, I'm really unhappy. They're not doing this. They're not picking up after themselves and it drives me nuts. Or they do X, Y, Z, and I can't stand it. They're not being masculine enough. Or the men are out there, they're like, yeah, my woman is just not playful and she's always complaining and she criticizes me all the time. Right? So we're unwilling to face our own shit in that. And we're also always trying to control other people. And so in a relationship, you've talked about it, but like one of the biggest dynamics is we got to get back to that polarity where the man is able to be in his masculine, which means the women have to back the fuck off and stop trying to control everything because the woman is essentially saying, I can be a better man than you. And if you're trying to be a better man than the man, well, who's going to be the female? So that's another dynamic that I see often. Mm, I work with those people a lot too. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you because do. Because I'm a recovering one of those. We usually you, use, Same here. We usually, Double hands up. <laughs> right. We usually, it's a playful phrase that now has, my whole team really uses it in some of the people in the community where it's like, we can't connect if both our dicks are out. We're yes. just sword fighting. I love it. We're sword fighting. It's like who, yeah. you know, we're just waiting. Who's going to roll over? And it winds up eventually creating the nice guy 
where they roll yeah. over. Well, fine then, whatever you want. But that's not yep. really what she wants it's not what in you the want. long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a whole multi-layered thing. Yep. So even as you're yep. talking there, I'm like, I know these people well and yeah. have been there before. And you know, I think some sometimes people hear like if they're not in this world of personal development and growth and all of that, then they might see on memes and quotes and all that. That's just like, first you have to love yourself. And I think maybe to some people, they're like, yeah, do things to take care of me for me. But some people might understand that. And then some people, it might not even register. And for some, they may go, that's a bunch of bullshit. Or like, what does it actually mean? Like, I want to do it. Yeah. What does it mean? Because for me, I also was in a relationship that I would label unhealthy. And it was for the better part of four years in my early 20s to mid 20s. And I look back on that time and if someone were to tell me you need to love yourself, I would not have known what to do. So I imagine that's a big part of what you do too. It's like, come here and let me show you. Yep. What does that look like? Yeah. Well, and it's so fascinating because the things that we're taught in school, and I'm not bashing the schooling system totally, a little bit. Yes. Not totally though. We're not really taught the skills on how to be human. We're taught facts and things in 50 States and like, okay, yes, I can see possibly how that's of importance maybe, but in reality, we're not taught the skills on how do you deal with people when you get in a fight? How do you deal with setting boundaries? How do you deal with not being a people pleaser? How do you overcome your own self-sabotage? How do you find confidence? Like, what does the self-work mean? What does self-love mean? And I'm a big proponent to call bullshit on a lot of what is out there because self-love is not candles and bubble baths and going for walks and runs. Those are action steps in self-love. Those are things you can do to get yourself feeling better. But you can go for a run and do a candlelit bath every single night for 30 years and still feel like shit, right? So what does that actually mean? What does self-love actually mean? So my understanding of it, based on my own journey and what I teach and helping clients, is self-love is learning to unconditionally and compassionately love every single side of yourself, especially the ones that you don't like. Because when we're able to do that and we're able to look at our shadow selves and those who are, don't even know what self-work is, right? No one's tried therapy or you're like, well, I don't know what the the fuck. It's meeting yourself exactly where you are and saying, okay, my body is what it is. I don't like it, but I can still love it. I can still want to change it, but I can still find compassion for where I'm at right now. That's what self-love is. So then doing a walk on the beach or a run or lighting incense or journaling or meditating, that becomes the action step on how to start loving yourself unconditionally. And that's why meditation is such a big one because people don't like to sit in silence. They don't like to sit with their thoughts. We jam pack our days. We're constantly on social media. The second we have one single second, we're sitting in a taxi. What are we doing? We're not looking out at the window the awe of the universe. We're on our phone. We're scrolling. We're seeing how many likes we got. We don't like silence. We don't like to sit in silence. So that's why meditation, a lot of people have trouble with it because when you start to do it, shit comes up. We're stirring the pot. And that's the same with journaling. You can sit there and journal and be like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for this. Or you can get real and say, what do I not like about my life right now? Okay. What do I not like about my relationship right now? Okay. Can I meet myself with love and compassion in that moment that I don't like what I have? Because that's where change happens. Change happens when we accept where we're at with love. Change does not happen when we beat ourselves up. This is why diets fail. It is fully why diets fail because you are saying, I don't like where I'm at right now. Therefore, I'm going to do something restricting. And it's the same component that when we look at exercise, most people exercise because they hate their bodies. If you hate something, what's the energy being projected there? Versus if you exercise because you love yourself and you want to feel better and look better because you're like, I know that I can do this. I feel good. I love this body. I want to take care of it. Even if it's not where I want it to be right now, I'm still going to go with it. So people exercise as punishment. People do diets 
because they don't like themselves. And so self-love, I don't like all of these woo-woo terms that people are using for so much because it scares away so many people. And at the same time, it's easier said than done in one sense. And it's also simple as fuck, Mm -hmm. right? Sitting in silence, being okay with that pause. And the more that we're able to do that, the more that we can look at ourselves, like we live in such a victim mentality society right now. And the reason that we have that is because it's rewarded. Well, why is it rewarded? Because nobody wants to face their own shit. And when you don't face your own stuff, it's easier for me to say, Alexa, I don't like that podcast of yours. I think it's bad. I don't think you should be talking about sex. Whose story is that? Is that mine or yours? Right. Right. That's my story. But I'm now giving away all of my power because now I've just said, I don't like this about you, but I'm not willing to face anything in me. So I'm just projecting all my shit onto you, which means there's nothing left in me. So that's like essentially, and I know I went on a few tangents there, but that's where I help people come to themselves and really understand what the fuck is going on in a very practical, pragmatic, and yes, spiritual, psychological, science-based method, because we're all just human trying to go through these different aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really big. It's really big. And so I remind myself that one of the things that I moved through in the like, love yourself kind of moment is not just treat yourself and do kind things for yourself. (laughs) This is going to look different for different people. For me, it was drink the scary psychedelic and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's not everybody's path is to go into plant medicine or anything like that, or it's do the retreat or go out on a limb, make the scary decision where I have to trust the universe, leave what I have grown attached to and step into the unknown and hope and believe and have faith that the universe is going to provide the next step, even though I can't see what it is. Mm -hmm. That's been a lot of the growth and the self-love is do the things that actually lead me to embracing and accepting myself just as I am while still having this deep desire to always want to be better and learn more. But knowing that if nothing changed right now in this very moment, I'm happy with this. And there's this faith that I think that is in my relationship and in my partnership because of that too, because we both know how important continuing to grow is and not from a place of, we just always want to be striving. We always want to be growing because we both really We'll take a look at each other and go, we're approaching burnout and we need some integration time. We need some space. We need some peace. We need things to slow down. And so there is that balance of the growth and the integration or the growth and the striving and the wanting to be better. And then also like, let's let that actually land in our lives and in our systems and our DNA and our relationship. And I think something certainly for Jordan, and I'll swing this back to a question about you and your relationship, and maybe even it's people that you've experienced and and seen in your communities as well. But for Jordan and I, I think there is definitely a peace because a peace and a love. We know that we're going to have a successful relationship, whatever success means to us in the various seasons and cycles that continue to unfold. There's my disclaimer. (laughs) We have a lot of belief and faith in our relationship. We've got the thing, you know, in air quotes, we've got the thing. And I think we believe that so wholeheartedly because of we see each other's individual commitment to the growth, but then we meet and hold hands and take steps together in the relational development. And how do we continue building the self-esteem of the entity that is our relationship? If I were flipped the script and I was on the podcast and I would imagine someone who was asking me a question, be like, what do you mean the self-esteem of the relationship? Well, if you've got (laughs) each individual person in your unit, your unit has a consciousness, your unit, the unit of the two of you has a set of shadow side and light side and all of the above. It's really incredible when you break it down. And so anyway, I get a lot of that and I want to credit one of our mentors, Annie Lala, which I'm not sure if you know who that is, but. We fucking love Annie. Anyway, and people who listen to my podcast are probably like, oh, she's there she goes talking about Annie again. But Jordan (laughs) and I, yeah, we have this faith and we have this belief because we're both ultimately connected to each other and our growth and all that. And so I was not like that in previous relationships. I didn't look at the other person. And in reality, I was looking at the other person that I was in a relationship with and thinking, how can I perform in a way or formulate myself or put myself together in a way that you will then love me? and accept Mm -hmm. me and you won't reject me. 
And so it was a lot of this outward, I need your validation, your love to be validating for me. And then I partner with someone like Jordan, which I've never had in my life, where he goes, I automatically already accept all of it. And so anything that I could attempt, any of the typical stuff that I've tried in other relationships, essentially project onto the other person, he wasn't having it. So it just very clearly was my shit that was Mm. coming up. And he was like, I'm not going anywhere, bring it. And so it was more like I couldn't project onto him and say how bad he was and how he wasn't seeing my value and you aren't this and you aren't that. It just wasn't possible anymore. And so here I am with this safe, healthy, validated love, like just love that I've never understood before. And he's just not going anywhere. And so very clearly I'm like, oh, this is all my shit now. Like very, very clear. So I think that the question I'm getting to is like, what was that process like? Like I know what it's like for us and I'm still formulating my uh, thoughts and my feels around it. Cause I'm like being, we're at a year married now. So I'm clearly a professional at being a <laughs> wife, but I'm zooming out and I'm looking at how this went down. I couldn't see it when I was in it. And now a couple years, few years down the road, I'm like, whoa, all the things that were different about that really stand out. But there was a story of mine that I had to process and go through and transform and choose different things. I had a path that then led me there. And so I really want to get your take on, on that path, whether that's your individual path or some things that you see from meta perspective, because I think that's the thing that a lot of people, they just go, I don't want what I had. So I'm just going to go for something different. It's like, well, yeah, you're going to get the same thing. You're going to attract the same thing because that's what I spoke about at the beginning of that. We're manifesting from a place of fear. And until we deal with that fear, we're going to keep getting the thing that we don't want. And so that's why when people are like, I don't understand why I keep attracting these toxic relationships. Well, until you face yourself and understand the toxic relationship you have with yourself, you're going to keep manifesting that as the lesson. And so Alexa, what I would say to you, having listened to that, is it sounds like you were in a different place to manifest this partner, right? You had done something differently from your last relationships, which allowed this person, this entity, this spirit to even come into your vibrational field. And yes, we're going to get woo-woo and all that for a second there. But you were in a different place to attract that. You were a different person than you were from the last relationship. Am I correct? Or were you the the exact same person? Well, no. Because if you're doing the self-work, which you are, you're growing. And so while you still had a lot of the shit coming up, we're all human. We're all going to have shit coming up literally all the time. That is what relationships are for. They are not here for us to feel good all the time. And especially marriage, I have so many clients that are like, I just want to be married. I'm like, why? Why do you (laughs) want to be married? Because trust me, it's a hell of a lot worse than not being if you're not willing to deal with the bad moments because it triggers you so much, right? The fights are intense, but the love is beautiful. And that's because that's your teacher. They are your teacher to allow you to show different sides. So for you, with your husband, it sounds like it got to a point where once you felt safe, the sides of you that didn't feel safe before started coming out and they came out to play, meaning they came out to heal. And we can only heal different versions of ourselves once we've already gone through that previous version. And so one of the big things that I teach people is it's okay if all the shit is coming up, if you're doing it consciously. And you're like, okay, oh, interesting. This is coming up. And it's totally correct. In hindsight, 2020, we're like, oh man. Like I realized when I got in the relationship with my husband, when we first started dating, my skin started breaking out like crazy. And I had super clear skin before that. And I started getting yeast and bladder infections, like ongoing, having to take so much medication, which I don't ever take hardcore medication like that. But it was so bad that I had to, I had to go to urgent care. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? But what it was is my body felt safe. My mind felt safe. So all of this different trauma was starting to release itself, right? When we look at pains in the body, what is a pain in the body? Well, we know that emotion is energy in motion. And so if you're having a pain in the body, that means that there's energy that's been stuck. And so for me, it was different emotions getting released once I felt in this safe relationship. And once I was in that safe relationship, all sorts of other shit came up. And I started realizing how angry I was at men because I'd had to be a fighter and I'd been taken advantage of 
so often and I had so many guys do cruel and unkind things and say mean things and yeah, just all of it. And so once I was in that safe place, I was like, oh my God, I have so much trauma and anger around men. How interesting. And so I had to then go through that process and that journey. And I'm sure a lot of that was taken out on my sweet darling husband. At the same time, he's going through his own journey because we're in a secure relationship that he's taking his shit out on me and he's learning and growing. And so just like you, we have a growth partnership. That's a value we talked about very early on. It actually went into his vows when we got married. And one of the big aspects for me when I look at this is coming from a place of we're always learning and growing. You are not the same person you were in the last relationship. And if you're not willing to look at yourself, so we do this blame game where we're like, oh, that person, my ex, yeah, abusive, toxic, unhealthy, whatever, did this, that, the. But we don't look at ourselves to say, right, but where were you abusive? And I'm not even saying abusive to someone else. Where are you abusive in your own thoughts to yourself? Where are you mentally and verbally abusive to you? Because the relationships that you attract in your life mirror the relationship you have with yourself. So for you, Alexa, my love, it sounds like you had started doing that self-work and clearing a lot of that shit, that trauma, that whatever it is that allowed that person to come in your field. And then you get the joy of more self-work and (laughs) more shit to discover. Right. So I really do feel like relationships, they are our biggest teacher. And one of the things that I do, or I did before I got married, and I teach clients is when you have a breakup, change the person's name to teacher with a butterfly in the little gratitude symbol or emoji thing. Mm -hmm. Because anytime you want to text that person or you're angry, you go to their contact and it says teacher. And it's a reminder that, oh, this person is here to help me grow. I can sit there and blame all day long, but is that going to change my life? Totally. Totally. Okay. So I love that. And I'd love to paint a picture for everyone what's actually possible on the other side of all this. Because we've done a lot of, you got to be willing to look at your shit. You got to be willing (laughs) to look at your shit. But we haven't really discussed why you why, would want why, to do that because do otherwise that? just yeah. you know roll over and hang out in complacency but if a person doesn't know that they're there then they're just living their life that way you know what I mean that's all that they understand but I think for people and I'll just use it the general term like us we know there's more so we can't unknow yeah that there's more and so when I go back home and I was just in New Orleans yesterday actually at the point of this recording with my family there and I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that don't know any different And just because I know something is different, I get to check myself, which this is a decade long process here that over time stopped projecting and being upset with them and attempting to take how I feel about certain parts of myself and put them onto them. But I look at them and I go, you don't know that there's anything different and it's not my job to tell you or show you or be upset with you when you don't know what I see, because this is a thing that I chose for my life. This was my karmic path. It's not theirs. My sweet deep South Louisiana family is just like, (laughs) when's the next meal? And can I just make sure I pay my bills and go on a vacation once a year and have that kind of life? And it's not my job to judge them for what they decide to do with their life. And just because I've found other things and I have a different path and I value different things doesn't mean I'm better than them or that I'm going to live a better life than them. And that has also been my process. So definitely relationships as a whole have taught me more about myself than pretty much any other thing outside of, well, they've taught me the long withstanding things. I've learned a lot about myself in sex and I've learned a lot about myself in psychedelics, but psychedelics seems to be like acute situations that it's up to me in order to integrate them over the long term. And sex a lot of times looks like a symptom, you know, like Mm. what, how I show up in my sex is often deeply reflective of what's going on with my life and how I feel about myself and in my relationship and et cetera. It's a whole other conversation. But anyway, looping it back around to what's possible. You know, what is possible? I do the yeah. work. Nikki, what do I get? Yeah, I, I do your, the work. I, what, I go on your game show. What's the work? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I go on your game show. What's my prize? <laughs> yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. And I'll go into a more depth answer than that. But what would it feel like to feel free in your life, to feel free of the chokehold of self-sabotage or to feel free of being scared of food, to feel free of judgment of self, 
What would it feel like to not feel like you're a failure all the time and to actually know, fuck, I'm amazing. So when I say freedom, it's freedom on all aspects of your life because so many of us are people pleasers. We don't know how to set boundaries. We give ourselves away so we're depleted. What would it feel like to be confident? And I call it, what would it feel like to be selfish as fuck in your life? And I actually just had a call with my ultimate transformation group on this, on what does it mean to be selfish as fuck? For me, being selfish as fuck means that I am in a place of radiance, vitality. I am prioritizing me. I'm filling my love tank. I'm doing things that I know make me feel amazing because if I feel amazing, I'm going to be an amazing partner to you. I'm going to be an amazing lover, friend, daughter. But I know that if I'm not free and I have these feelings that I'm not good enough and I have a fear of food and I don't like my body and I judge myself, that's not freedom. That's feeling like you're in a jail cell. So freedom itself, why do we do this work? It's the analogy of, I want you to think of a mountain, right? So close your eyes and think of a mountain. And as you go up the mountain, there's going to be times where it's really steep and it sucks and it's hard and you're out of breath. But then you climb up and there's a little bit of a break and overlook and you look out and you're like, oh my God, it's so pretty. Wow. And then you go up a little bit further and you look out again. You're like, oh my God, it's even better up here. And you look up at the mountain. You're like, oh my God, I have so far to go. Fuck. So you just hang out there for a little bit. Then you decide to go a little bit further and you go up. And the higher you go on a mountain for anyone that's climbed or hiked or even walked up a hill, (laughs) the view gets better. And you also feel good in yourself because you're like, wow, I did that. I went that extra step. That was really hard. And as you go up higher on this mountain, you look down. And you realize that the clouds that you saw, you've overpassed them. So there's no more clouds. You see the sun and you see how when you were down below, there was a layer of clouds that was making everything look dull and gray. And then you're telling your friends on there, no, 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 please come on, guys. I promise it's going to be so worth it. But they don't know because right now they're just looking up at clouds. So that's the analogy I give of spirituality and why we do this work, because As you go higher, as you do the work, as you look internally, as you start to love yourself compassionately, unconditionally, you go up this mountain. Sure, you take breaks, you hang out, you integrate. Sometimes it feels like you might slide down a little bit. You're not really though, right? Once we've learned something, we can't unlearn it. So you're constantly going up this mountain. But the thing is, once we go through the spiritual journey, we want everyone to be there. That's what you're saying about your family. It's like, I want you to be up here. It's so fucking good. The thing is, a lot of people are actually okay with where they are because they don't know any better. You don't know what you don't know. And so that's saying, oh my God, well, because my mom doesn't do this self-work, she's not happy. Well, how do you know she's not happy? You've just chosen a different path. And so for me and my clients, it's going up this mountain and realizing that as I go up it, everything gets clear. My mind is clear. I'm able to make more decisions. I'm able to get what I want quicker. I can literally manifest anything and everything. It is wild. And like, I just moved into a new apartment in South Beach. And this was the deep rooted belief, as you've talked about trust of saying, I am going to break the lease on my old apartment. Not only am I breaking the lease, I'm going to get all my money back, which is typically not true when you break a lease. And we had a lot of money to get back. And I was like, no, that's not an option. So broke the lease, said, no, that's not an option. I'm getting all the money back. And not only that, I am going to find an apartment in Miami, South Beach that has exactly the views that I want, that has a community that I want, that has everything that I want. But I had to burn the bridges, meaning I had to go up the mountain, even though it was scary as shit, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And for a moment, it felt like, oh, my God, did I make the wrong decision? Because we couldn't find anything. And then we walked into this apartment and said, yep, that's our apartment. And now we've moved in and there was... A hailstorm in this, the metaphorical, like climbing up the mountain, we had lightning, we had hail because things were not easy to get here. But now that I'm here and I'm higher up because I trusted myself, I burned my bridges. I look out my window every day and I'm like, oh my fucking God, I love where I live. I love where I'm at. I'm so glad I did that, even though it was scary in the moment. So 
I have freedom to know exactly as you were saying with your relationship, freedom to know a freedom that I do know that there is trust, that everything might not work out the way that I exactly want at this moment, but it's going to work out the way that's needed. And when that happens and you're in that place, everything starts happening really beautifully because you look at it and you're like, oh, actually, that's exactly what I need. I didn't know that I needed that, but that's what I needed. Totally. And that's what I needed to appreciate this next thing. And so coming full circle on that, why do the self-work? What's in it? As we talk about self-growth, self-love, blah, blah, blah. What's in it for the people? Freedom, getting what you want, feeling confident in yourself, having the relationships that you love, feeling inspired every single day of your life that you wake up, enjoying what you do for a career, being able to set boundaries, not feeling guilty. You start to fall in love with yourself and everything and everyone around you. And that's why we do it. Because in that's freedom and in that is joy and fun. And I think people confuse self-work and spirituality where you don't get to have any fun. And I'm like, no, I'm a bougie motherfucking bitch. I love a business class putting tickets. And I love living in this high-rise apartment that's expensive. I love these things because I know that I deserve them. And I deserve them because I've done the self-work and I continue to say what I don't like, what I do like, what I need to change. And then I do the change. Mm. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, totally. I mean, I think for so many people that are listening, they're like, it sounds, it's easy for some to go, well, good for her. Totally. Right. And what I would say is if only you knew me back then, which is why I'm very open about my journey of having the eating disorders. I was a hypochondriac. I literally had a pharmacy of medicine, like whatever medicine you needed, I had it because Mm -hmm. I was scared of everything. I needed control over every aspect of my life. I had shitty, horrible relationships with my parents. My family didn't know them. And so it's like, it's easy to say, oh, right. She's this pretty girl, Barbie sitting there talking about how much fucking money she makes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm the first person to acknowledge that and be like, yeah, you're right. I do make good money. I do look like Barbie. I take care of myself. So let's put that on the table and then take it away. Because now we've acknowledged that, but I've done the fucking work that most people are too scared to. That's why I'm where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. They're either too scared to do it or they don't know that it's available, which is how you have a brand and a business like you have it, which is pointing it out to others. Yeah, I'd say on the flip side, in a lot of ways, what we do with our company, Sex and Love Co. is I think that a lot of people might think that I have this really wild uninhibited sex life where I'm swinging from the sex chandeliers and there's just dildos flying around me all the time, like fireworks. And I have anything and everything I want and I don't experience jealousy. And I just have this amazing and that we're just doing it all the time. And I go, (laughs) you weren't with me when I was in the sexless relationship engaged where the partner that I had at the time, we almost rarely out of the years that we were together, had sex and there was so much lying and cheating and deception and self-abandonment. Oh yeah. You know, like it's, there's so much to get to the place where I'm getting to record a podcast about transformation or a podcast about going to a play party last weekend or going to Burning Man or whatever it is. There's so much to the journey that a lot of people, I think, whether they're listening to the podcast or seeing you or myself or others who choose to make a career in this space, leveraging social media or personal branding that they don't see, even if we say it all the time, all the time, mm-hmm. we lead a, every conversation with, I remember when I was dot, 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 <laughs> and now I'm here, but right. we don't just go from where I was to now I'm here. It's, there's all these things that you can't bypass and it's yep. looking at the shit and enable yep. to look at it and love it and accept it and embrace it and pull the weeds plant the seeds, water the seeds, grow the garden. And then, oh, look, there's some weeds in there. I thought I pulled all of those. Yeah, yeah. I guess I got to go prune again, which is like cut the things that are dying, that are taking the resources from the plant. Mm -hmm. You know, the plant grew really beautifully, but now how come that leaf is turning brown? But that brown leaf is taking nutrients from the rest of the plant that you've been really diligently watering. So you got to come with snippers and even, oh, but I'm going to take a leaf away a limb away, be willing to snip that off so that the nutrients can go back to the entire plant that's actually thriving. I dig the garden metaphor for this. Yeah. Well, and even, (laughs) you know, as you're saying that too, it's like, I had a question come up of, but once I deal with these fears, that means they don't come back. Right. And I was like, Oh, Oh, fuck no. no. Oh, no, 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 no. no." And I give examples where I'm like, no, 
even the other week, I sat down, I was tired and I did my fear section of UTP and it's like, oh, how interesting. The fear of not being successful is coming up. So I acknowledge that and I'm like, how interesting. Well, Nikki, what does success actually mean? And then I go through the exercises that I teach people. And so it's not that these weeds or these fears are never going to come back up or you're never going to have a fight with your husband about the play party and did someone look at someone? It's like, no, things are going to happen. We're all human. And if we're not connected with ourselves, we can't be connected to someone else. But when we're connected to ourselves, we're able to say, oh, how interesting. There's a fear that's coming up. There's a weed. I'm, I am going to prune it. I am going to clip it off without judgment, without saying, oh, it shouldn't be there. Right? We should all over ourselves. I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing this. I should have had this by now. And I think that it's kind of the overnight success. They're like, oh, you know, I remember when Katy Perry came out like just in the beginning and people are like overnight success, Katy Perry. And you're like, well, not really. She's been singing in her church since she was like five years old. (laughs) So she's been singing for 15 plus years. And then she did that. And then she had an album that no one heard about. Right. But overnight she became that success. And that's when people look at you and I, and they're like, oh my God, I'll never get there. Well, yes, you will. If you're willing to take the first step, which is that burn the bridges or face your fears or anything else it might be. And that's exactly what you and I have done every single day of our lives while we've been in this journey, once we became aware and conscious. Mm. And of course, I think it's no surprise that I'm looking out my window to my office now and there's a butterfly just floating Mm. all around Mm -hmm. outside my window, just making little spins and twirls, you know. Uh, but you have to be willing to go from caterpillar to a big glob of goo before yeah. with your imaginal cells before you can do your chrysalis thing and gardens <laughs> and butterflies. What yes. great metaphors. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking about one of my favorite subjects, <laughs> which is basically the question of like, what does it really take? What does it yeah. really take to become the person that attracts all the things that you want in life. And you're saying that it's not attracting or manifesting from a place of fear. It's attracting and manifesting from a place of abundance, which comes from a lot of internal work and self-love and all of that. And so, yeah, so many things that mean a whole lot to me and also my husband and our company. And it is the bedrock and foundation for what we do that essentially leads people to having really epic sex lives and deeply fulfilling relationships. And so this is that good shit. And thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with our listeners. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, my love. Great to be here. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.